SCP-5119 Object Class Keter Due to the nature of the anomaly, containment of 5119 is presently unfeasible. Law enforcement channels, social media, and internet messaging boards are to be monitored for individuals recalling 5119-related events. Subjects who have accessed it are to be interviewed and amnesticized upon identification. Presently, all information within this document has been obtained from accounts of individuals who have accessed 5119. A Foundation-led exploration of it has not yet been conducted. Update, 2020, October 12th. Further information regarding 5119 has been obtained following an incursion into the anomaly. See Addenda for details. An updated description of 5119 remains pending. 5119 is Uncle Charlie's Toys and Games, an extra-dimensional location accessible only to individuals that possess a number of shared attributes. A manifestation of 5119 may only occur if an individual is above the age of 15, perceives their childhood as an overall negative period of their life, has suffered forms of domestic or emotional abuse in their childhood, was forced to develop the maturity typically befitting of an adult in their childhood, had a few extra-familial relationships with other children, was raised by guardians unrelated by blood, experienced or witnessed the death of a family member as a child, experiences difficulty in recalling childhood memories. The means by which 5119 makes itself known are personalized to its target. However, a general pattern between all accounts of 5119 manifestation has been established. The subject targeted by 5119 will be made aware of the anomaly through a variety of modalities, including television commercials, web-based advertisements, newspaper ads, and appearances in dreams. These advertisements will increase in frequency in an attempt to coerce the subject into traveling to 5119. These materials are mimetically self-obscuring, appearing as ordinary advertisements for unrelated businesses when viewed by those other than the targeted individual. 5119 advertisements often feature the store's mascot, Uncle Charlie, which has been designated as 5119A. 5119A is a rotund, horned humanoid with hairless red skin dressed in a black and white striped suit and a top hat. Illustrations on advertisements for 5119 portray him as a jovial character, playing with toys or outstretching its hand toward the reader in an invitational manner. 5119 will manifest in a location nearby the residence of the subject and will provide precise directions toward the manifestation on all of its advertisements. These directions are nonsensical, but if followed correctly, will allow anyone matching the selection criteria to access 5119. The exterior of the anomaly resembles a conventional storefront and is only accessible to individuals fitting its criteria. Attempts to access the location while others were present have resulted in the anomaly failing to manifest. The interior of 5119 is far larger than its exterior. However, accurate measurements have thus far not been recorded due to limited exploration possibilities. 5119's interior resembles a dilapidated toy store that has experienced heavy fire damage. 
products found inside of the anomaly are entirely unique to 5119 and appear to be mass-produced. They all bear the names of unidentified companies, pieces of media, and intellectual properties. However, apart from their physical existence and source, products recovered from 5119 have not demonstrated any anomalous effects and can be compared to ordinary toys in function and design. While inside 5119, individuals will demonstrate ecstatic and childish behavior, such as playing with products for extended periods of time or singing juvenile songs to themselves. Following time spent in 5119, the targeted individual will be subject to a form of retrograde amnesia, where the majority of memories from before the individual's 18th birthday become completely lost. The exact process by which this occurs is unknown. All subjects have recalled feeling drawn toward a large wooden door within the anomaly, before waking up hours later in the same location outside of the store where 5119 will have disappeared. Subjects will be unable to recall events that occurred following seeing the door. There have been no recorded instances of an individual accessing 5119 twice. Addendum 5119-1 Exploration Log On October 8, 2020, Lee Belletto, a resident of Lancaster, Pennsylvania, reported to law enforcement that she felt unsafe because of the frequent amount of 5119-related advertisements she was beginning to see. Through necessary channels, Foundation personnel were notified and dispatched to Belletto's location as this would be the first opportunity for the Foundation to directly research 5119, Lee Belletto was promptly conscripted into the Foundation's internal command structure as a D-Class personnel under the designation D-680. Addendum 5119-2 Interview Log Immediately following exploration, subject was returned to Area 179 and promptly interviewed. Expiration Log 5119-1 October 12, 2020 Assigned Personnel D-680 Notes First Incursion into 5119 One D-Class Personnel, D-680, was equipped with recording equipment, a two-ray radio, and a standard extraspatial exploration kit. The following instructions, lifted directly from advertising materials appearing to D-680, were enacted to gain access to 5119. Put a green Jolly Rancher in your mouth. Make sure to keep it there. Drive down the dirt road directly off Wallum for 15 minutes. Don't turn back. Smile. When you feel it in your legs, turn left. D-680 was instructed to follow these directions. While driving on an unmarked road, D-680 reported feeling a burning sensation in her lower body and turned the vehicle left, successfully accessing 5119. D-680 was then instructed to enter 5119 while maintaining communication with Area 179. Begin Log D-680 enters 5119. Subject examines the debris and damaged toy spread across the foyer. A large sign featuring 5119-A in the text Welcome hangs from the ceiling. Proceed. D680 continues forward, then walks down an aisle located on her immediate left. 
A lot of this stuff looks burned. Is there a fire or something? We're unsure. Please, continue forward. D680 shrugs before picking up a product to examine it. A board game in a space-themed box. Several armored characters are illustrated on the cover. The game's logo reads, Hive, the Cosmic Chronicle. A sticker promoting a TV show apparently based on the game is situated in the box's corner, encouraging viewers to watch it on Animation Network. Animation Network? D680 puts the game down and picks up a Carly doll, whose packaging resembles that of a Barbie doll. So, these are bootlegs, yeah? We don't know. Okay. D680 continues to explore 5119, walking aimlessly around the store. The subject stops in front of a counter. A broken cash register sits atop it. D680, how are you feeling? Fine, I guess. This place... I don't know. I've only been in a traditional toy store once. Years back, vacation in Jersey. Small little shop, but it looked like this. I didn't sell weird toys or show up in my dreams or anything, but I always wished I had a place like this as a kid. Are there any irregularities in your condition? Hmm? No, no, I'm just slightly nostalgic. I never really got toys as a kid. It feels strange here as an adult, but it's a warm feeling. Not a wrong one. Like, uh, like I stepped back in someone else's time. Please. Proceed. D680 moves forward in silence for ten minutes. The subject begins to giggle and slightly increase the pace of their walking. Respond, D680. It's nothing. (laughs) This place is just charming. D680, can you recall a memory from your early childhood? Uh, I guess. Why? Please do so. They can be anything, but we would prefer to hear as much detail as possible. God, uh, gotta think of a good one first. <laughs> I guess my first grade teacher, Mr. Surchirk, he helped me out with reading, like, a lot. On tests and stuff. He knew how things were at my house, and he'd pull me out at recess for tutoring. He made sure I wouldn't fall behind or anything. I remember he threw a party for the whole class and went out of his way to buy, a. Uh, to my food that I could eat, my allergies and all. That was the only year I ever enjoyed school. For seven hours a day, I could just lose myself and, uh, I could just lose myself and take my mind off things. Yeah. Does that work? Please, continue forward. D680 begins moving toward a large stuffed giraffe. This toy is significantly damaged and is missing its head. (laughs) It's so cute. D680 climbs atop the stuffed animal's back and pretends to ride it, laughing. D680, please remove yourself from the object. What do you mean? How could you not want to ride this thing? (laughs) I'm surprised it supports me. D680 coughs, beats her chest. Subject removes herself from the giraffe and continues forward. Are you feeling unwell? No, I'm fine. Something in my throat is all. (coughs) 
D680 continues in silence for five minutes, occasionally coughing and laughing to herself. Subject comes to a spinning product rack filled with lollipops. D680 continues in silence for five minutes, occasionally coughing and laughing to herself. The subject comes to a spinning product rack filled with lollipops. Most of the candy is rotted or blackened. This place is huge. Didn't look this big from out there. <gasps> candy! Do not consume the candy, D680. <laughs> Please? <coughs> We're unsure of the effects it may have on you. Please do not consume anything without express permission. Apparently having lost interest, D680 skips over to a large purple bouncing ball located in the distance. Super big store, it's so big. Why did they build it? He likes to watch. D680 begins bouncing on the ball. D680, please, just keep playing in the big store. He's found you in the big store. Lee Josephine Boletto. D680 stops. What? D680, can you repeat the words to the song you were singing? <laughs> what do you mean? I wasn't... <coughs> D680 falls to the floor and begins coughing heavily for 20 seconds. The subject spits up mucus with black discoloration. Oh, God. <coughs> subject picks himself up. As the recording equipment focuses, a small wooden door is seen on the wall directly in front of D680. Can I go in there? You may not. D680 approaches the door. D680, do not enter that door. Failure to comply will result in termination. He found you in the big store. What's behind the wooden door? D680 opens the door. Complete darkness lies ahead. Subject crouches to fit in the door and enters the room. A voice can be heard from across the tunnel. Close the door, honey. D680 closed the door. An orange glow suddenly fills the tunnel, revealing a spacious, empty room at the end of its length. The subject proceeds, revealing a massive entity resembling 5119A from the advertisements situated in the center of the room. The entity is bloated and unclothed. Its fingers are long and distended compared to the rest of its body. A viscous solution resembling the mucus D680 coughed up is smeared on the room's walls, floor, and the body of 5119A. D680 pauses and begins breathing heavily. What the hell? I'm not going to hurt you. Not at all. D680 turns around, only to find that the tunnel she came through has disappeared, replaced by walling. Angela? Yo, guys? Don't worry about them, Lee. How do you know my name? How? <laughs> I'm your Uncle Charlie, I have to know. And the closer you get, the more I know. Yes, 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 yes. You're exactly who I built this place for. What are you? A friend? You don't have a lot of those right, do you, Lee? You learned that friendship can only go so far at an early age, right? You have no idea what you're talking about. 
He'd never been much of a good friend, Lee. He had a responsibility being Jason's older sister. You think about how things might have been different if you just stepped in. You, you don't... You don't understand. Honey, I do. I've forgotten more than you'll ever know about understanding. <laughs> I understand regret, my child. You regret every day. You regret every night. You regret all the time. 5119A extends its hand. D680 flinches as the entity picks her up and caresses her between its lengthy fingers. What do you want from me? Please just let me go. I apologize for the discomfort, this process. I like to see just what I'm getting myself into before I get myself into it. 5119A continues to feel 680's back. The entity pokes her in the stomach. Oh, yes. <laughs> You'll do just fine. All this trauma, all this regret. To suffer so much at a young age, yes. If I was more like you, I'd feel sorry for you, but... I look to the future, Lee. I want you to be free of this pain. Let me take on your burdens, all of them. So heavy, so horrible. 5119 suddenly shoves a finger into D980's mouth. Subject chokes on the digit as the entity reaches further into her throat. It's heavy. <laughs> it's heavy. The entity removes its finger, which is covered in the black substance. D680 regurgitates large clumps of the substance into 5119A's hand for several minutes. Get it all out for me. You're going to be fine. 5119A places D680 back on the floor. The entity lifts its hand to its mouth and begins consuming the black substance. Delicious. Why? Why was that inside me? Because the world is cruel, honey. A loud banging noise heard coming from a trap door near 5119A. The entity smiles. What's down there? They had no mind. The noise gets louder. The trap door begins to shake as if something is attempting to break from underneath. Oh, you should leave. The entity touches the top of D680's head, and D680 falls to the floor, suddenly appearing in a wooded location located near the road the subject used to access 5119. End log. Audio log. October 12th, 2020. Begin log. Researcher Stars enters the room. Subject is sitting at a table drinking from a cup of water. Lee. What's up? I'm going to talk to you now. This is going on record. Is that okay? That's fine. Good. Can you give me a recollection of the testing you partook in from a few hours ago? Uh, burned down toy store, followed some weird instructions. Oh, well, you, you saw the footage. I walked around and... And? I'm sorry, I, I can't... 
I walked around for a while, and then I woke up in the woods. Do you remember a door? A door? No. Uh, no, I don't. Thanks, Lee. Now I'm going to ask you a few personal questions. If you're uncomfortable at any time, we can stop, alright? The subject nods. How would you describe your childhood? <laughs> I don't know. Pardon? What do you mean? I, I don't remember my childhood. It's all gone. Does this distress you? <laughs> Why would it? Alright. Lee, where did you grow up? What was your childhood home like? Uh, our house. It was... It was in Lancaster, outside the city. There was a field. That's where you guys picked me up, right? Wait, no, that's my house. The house I've been living in for the past decade. I don't know. Does it matter? Storis writes on her clipboard. <laughs> Can I go back? Go back where? To the store. I, I want to go back. Have you ever had any siblings, Lee? No. I've never had any siblings. Who's Jason Boletto? My... cousin? I don't know. I have a large extended family. Jason's probably my mom's side. I wouldn't know, since... we don't really talk. Aside from my Uncle Charlie. My uncle. My mom's side. We've always been close, and he helped me through a lot of the rough patches before. His memories are the only ones I bother to keep with me. Can you detail some of those memories for me, Lee? I can't remember. D680 begins to show visible signs of distress and agitation. Subject tears up and eventually begins crying, placing her head in her hands. The subject slams her head into the table and loudly sobs. Seconds later, D680 has completely recollected herself and smiles. Researcher Stars makes a motion to the observing camera feed to end the interview. End lock. SCP-2341 Safe 2341 and the surrounding terrain are to be constantly monitored by Site-48, Extension Security Post-2341. Any non-Foundation personnel attempting to enter 2341's containment area are to be detained and reported. Any spontaneous anomalous activity from 2341 is to be logged. Mobile Task Force Zeta-7, Homestead, are to keep non-Foundation personnel from traveling to 2341. The containment area is to be surrounded by an electric fence. 2341 is an abandoned two-story house located on a small sandbank between Little Thatch Island and Phyllis Island, Cape Cod. The condition of the structure's exterior indicates exposure to the elements for a prolonged period of time. The interior, when viewed through the windows, is heavily fire-damaged and shows no signs of recent habitation. 
2341's anomalous properties activate only when a human subject older than 18 years of age opens the front door. Only one subject at a time can enter, but cannot leave until the anomalous events have concluded. The door will also remain closed if the house is already occupied. When entering 2341, the interior will reshape itself to look identical to the home that the subject had lived in for the first 18 years of life. Outside observation through the windows will be blocked by the curtains inside of 2341. 2341's interior change during its anomalous effects do not correspond with the external geometry of the house. Subjects that had moved during this time period will enter the home that they lived in the most. The subject will then encounter a variable number of 2341-1 instances. These instances will bear the exact appearance of all these subjects' immediate family members as well as former household pets. Subjects that have grown up with an adopted or foster family will encounter 2341-1 instances based on their surrogate family rather than their biological one. 2341-1 instances that resemble deceased family members are aware of the original counterpart's current condition, but will not treat their appearance as an irregular one. Subjects will remain in 2341 for approximately eight and a half hours, regardless of time of entry. At the end of the visit within 2341, all 2341-1 instances and the subject will prepare for sleep. Once the subject has fallen asleep, they will be teleported to and will wake up at the front door of 2341. It has been noted that references to an entity by the name of Peter has been present in various 2341-1 conversations. As of 2015, subjects have witnessed a humanoid entity, designated 2341-2, during their stay inside of 2341. Subjects perceive 2341-2 as either an older child or young adult. Ages observed range between approximately 10 to 18 years of age. Sightings consist of brief glimpses of 2341-2 before the entity moves out of the subject's line of sight. Attempts to follow the entity so far have proven futile. Subjects can detect when 2341-2 is nearby from loud, aggravated grunts and crying. See also Addendum 2341-2. Addendum 2341-1. Through testing of D-Class personnel, it has been discovered that the events which take place within 2341 will always follow a specific pattern. The pattern of events has been recorded in the table below. 1-2 to two hours. 2341-1 instances greet the subject and welcome them back to their home after having been away for an extended period of time. Afterward, the subject and the 2341-1 instances engage in casual conversations on topics such as current life events and situations. 2 hours to 3.2 hours. A 2341-1 instance, often the mother of the subject, calls for everyone to put on a performance. This will include showing special talents from other family members, i.e. playing musical instruments, acting, singing, or any means of entertainment. 3.2 hours to 4 hours. A 2341-1 instance announces that dinner has been made. All instances and the subject will gather around the table. A prayer will be spoken before eating the served food. 4 hours to 7 hours. All instances will help clean up the table and dishes. As soon as this task is complete, the family members start various activities independently or with other instances. Most activities consist of either hobbies or group-orientated games. 
The subject can choose which actively to partake in, but cannot leave 2341. Seven hours to eight and a half hours. SCP-2341-1 instances will begin preparing for sleep after activities have been completed or have grown tired. Toiletries, such as facial creams or retainers, are present for the subject to use. Afterward, once the subject has entered their room, they will enter sleep and will be teleported to the front door of 2341. Addendum 2341.2 Drone Exploration On 2015, researcher Andrew proposed sending a drone into the exterior of 2341 while the front door of 2341 is open in an attempt to see the original interior. The proposal has been authorized. The drone is sent in as Agent Saggio holds open the door. The camera feed shows the house to be burned with some patches of corrosion on the walls and floors. Approximately 7 centimeters of water cover the floor. A sound believed to be a human weeping can be heard originating from the living room. The drone moves toward the source of the noise while avoiding the water as to not become damaged. The drone enters the living room. Analysis of the noise seems to indicate both an adult and an adolescent male weeping in unison. Positioned in the middle of the living room is a gray humanoid in a fetal position, as well as two burnt cadavers. The drone approaches the humanoid until the feed cuts to static, with the continued sound of the crying from the humanoid. Addendum 2341.3 Security Post 2341 Spontaneous Anomalous Activity Number 00001. During low tide on the sand bank of 2341, a red gasoline tank was found several meters from 2341. The gasoline tank had shown signs of age and deterioration. Inside of the tank was an aged box of matches, containing four unused matches in the box. The following note was found inside the tank. To Fitzgerald. We did what we had to do. We had to stop him. May God forgive us for what we did. Do not let him out. Susan SCP-1499 Safe 1499 is to be kept in a locked box, guarded by two agents at all times. Testing involving 1499 is to be discontinued indefinitely. Test subjects are to wear a small full-duplex two-way radio underneath 1499 to maintain contact with researchers. Testing is no longer being carried out by D-Class personnel due to the risk of losing 1499. Should test subjects enter any sort of danger, they are to remove 1499 immediately. 1499 is a Soviet GP-5 gas mask. A seal test performed on the object suggests that the object retains its original functionality. The anomalous effects of 1499 activate when a human places 1499 on their head. Approximately one second after 1499 is fully secured on the subject's head, the subject vanishes from view and is no longer detectable. The subject reports no feeling of motion at this time. Testing has revealed that two-way radios remain capable of both receiving and transmitting despite the subject being undetectable. Upon wearing 1499, subjects report completely different surroundings than they were in prior to wearing 1499. 
Subjects have reported that it appears barren and inhospitable, with tall black towers filling the area. Subjects have also sighted entities in the landscape. These entities, designated 1499-1, have been described as tall, nude humanoids with dark skin that have a thick coat of an unknown, viscous substance. Instances of 1499-1 also have large amounts of eyes and mouths covering their body. Upon removing 1499 from their head, subjects reappear in the same location they were in when they put it on. For more information, see Test Log 1499. Test Log 1499. Subject D-67393. Subject found herself in building of unknown black substance. After surveying the room for approximately 15 seconds, subject reportedly heard sounds of movement and removed 1499 in a panicked state, reappearing in the test chamber. Notes First test involving 1499 to determine its effects. Due to the risk of losing 1499, trained agents are to be used in place of D-class subjects. Agents... Agent found himself in the same room described by D-67393. Approximately two minutes were spent exploring the room, which Agent Bilarovsky reports contained multiple hollow black cubes. Agent was capable of descending down the building without running into any interference. Upon reaching the second floor, Agent heard sounds from the floor below. Agent hid himself behind one of the black cubes and observed two instances of 1499-1. Agent then removed 1499. Notes. First sighting of 1499-1. Agent reports that he remained undetected by the two instances. Agent. Agent was selected due to their stealth training. Agent found herself in the same room as Agent was in when he removed 1499. Sounds of movement were heard on higher floors, prompting the agent to head downstairs and out of the building. Agent reportedly saw many instances of 1499 wandering outside of the building. Each individual seemed to have unique mutations and occasionally uttered low, grating sounds. Agent successfully made her way past more of the structures while avoiding detection. Agent followed four instances of 1499-1 for observation. The group encountered a fifth instance of 1499-1, and one of the group stepped forward. Agent observed the two entities violently assault one another, coating the nearby ground and observing entities with an unknown fluid and thick viscera. Agent removed 1499. Notes The structure in which D-67393 appeared seems to only be one of many. Due to the violent nature of 1499-1, further exploration will be required that agents be armed to defend themselves. Agents See Exploration Log 1499-D Test commences on June 3rd, 2020. Agent, outfitted with a two-way radio earpiece and standard foundation sidearm with additional ammunition. Agent's mission is reconnaissance. Agent places 1499 on his head and vanishes from sight. Doctor, can you hear me? Yes, Agent, what do you see? I'm between two of the structures. They resemble spires, seem to be made of some hard black rock. 
Ground's the same. Have you made any contact with any instances of 1499-1? Not yet. It's hard to tell. The lighting here is on. I'm having trouble seeing much. I'll see what I can do. Sounds of the agent moving quietly for approximately five minutes. God damn. There's a large group of them up ahead. They're all moving together into a huge building. Can you describe the structure, agent? Yeah, it's big. Very big. There aren't many structures around it. It is quite elaborate. I see a large amount of towers and spikes. There looks like there could be blood on it. Agent, can you get a closer look? There's some sort of bridge to it. I'm moving in. Sounds of the agent moving quietly for approximately 3 minutes and 30 seconds. I'm out of the side of the structure. There looks like there's some sort of door here. Smaller than the big one in the front. I'm going through it now. Visceral sounds are heard for a few seconds. What was that, agent? Not sure. Coming from further inside. I'm taking a look. Sounds of grating and grinding heard coming from multiple sources. Agent? Agent, what do you see? Jesus, there's a lot of them in here. They're all in a giant group. Their mouths are open, even the ones on their bodies. I think the sound's coming from them. Can you hear that? The sound's coming through, Agent. Try to get a better look. Okay, they're all facing one direction. Let me see if I can look. Sounds of grating continues for 20 seconds. They're all facing one of them standing on a platform. There's, There are large amounts of bodies around him. They've stopped vocalizing and are all just looking at the one up front. Loud visceral sounds return. It appears the one in the front is... Hold on, I can't see. It's cutting open its own torso. There's some sort of worm-like creature spilling out of it. Agent, what's happening? I can't... Wait. Above its head, I think I see... There's something in its torso that's creating some sort of light. There's a beam going up from it into the air over his head. What's happening? Agent, keep talking. I think it's opening some sort of portal, and I... It's summoning something. The entity is summoning something. I think I see something go through the portal. It looks like a massive version of one of the worms that came out of the entity's chest. I think the glowing object in that entity's torso is holding the portal open. I... I can't let that thing through. I've got to stop it. Agent. Sounds of the agent running and gunfire. The grating noise returns louder than before. Sounds of stone objects and bodies falling down. Visceral sounds fill the air. I've almost got... More visceral sounds closer to the agent now. Got it now. The remainder of the agent's sentence is unheard as he removes 1499. Agent appears in the test chamber covered in blood and holding a human heart. It's alright, I got... Agent looks at the heart in his hands and yells, dropping it. End of log. Addendum 1499-E.
On Sunday, June 3rd, a man dressed in a suit and wearing a gas mask attacked the Cathedral of Christ the Savior in Moscow, Russia during morning services. The man reportedly shot ten people, including a chanter and a priest. Six churchgoers were killed, and three others, including the chanter, are in critical condition. The subject charged to the front of the cathedral and allegedly produced a knife and removed the priest's heart. The suspect then appeared to vanish entirely before multiple witnesses. Moscow police have been unable to find any trace of the attacker. Our operatives are working undercover in Russian media and military are currently working to defuse the situation. Officially, the attacker was Nikolai Orlov, resident of Moscow, who was acting alone. Orlov went missing years ago, allowing our agents more time to keep the situation under control. Agent Ketamine is currently being detained for questioning regarding the situation. He maintains his claim that everything occurred as he reported. Our recordings of Exploration 1499-D corroborate his story. When questioned about the reasoning behind his actions, Agent Ketamine stated that he believed that what he saw being summoned had to be stopped. The agent is currently scheduled for psychiatric evaluation. We cannot risk another incident. All testing involved 1499 is discontinued until further notice. All information regarding 1499-D is to be restricted to personnel with level 5 clearance until the situation has been brought under control. Detain agents and as well as D-67393 for questioning. It's unknown at this time if the hallucinatory effects of 1499 have any permanent effects. I don't want to run the risk of one of our own agents seeing all of our researchers as monstrosities and going on a shooting spree inside of one of our facilities.